From Edge Radio 99.3 FM, this is an edit of the Dice Men Cometh, the podcast. Dice Men Cometh! You are listening to the Dice Men Cometh here on... Oh, Edge Radio 99.3 FM, it is... The 26th of December, that is Boxing Day. I think it's also known as Proclamation Day in other parts of the world. But we are here, not one, not two, but thrice, Dice Men, for episode 290, the most important, name my favourite episode every year, our top 10 games of the year, lads. No mucking around today. We're going to get straight cracking into it. But of course, we're doing that with the help of our good friends at LFG. Absolutely. So, if you have got money (laughs) that a lot of us get for Christmas... Oh yeah, that happens to some people. Like, if you're like my son, who also has a birthday that is remarkably close to Christmas... You end up with more money than you could possibly know what to do with. And whose fault's that? Uh, relatives. Certainly uh. not me. Um, but yes, jump onto lfg-oz, spelt A-U-S, .com.au, and surely you can pick up a board gaming bargain to round out 2019. But now, before we get too far into 2019, let's go in our time machine. Back to around about this time last year, where... As you say, Leon, we did exactly the same thing, but for 2018. So we're going to recap very quickly what our top 10 games of that particular year were. And we'll start with you, Leon. Hello. So your number 10 game was Raja of the Ganges. Still on it, still good. There we go. Followed by Stuffed Fables, number nine. Mm -hmm. Good choice there. Yeah, then When I Dream. Oh, yes. One of the only games that you can play while wearing your sleep mask. Yes. He then went down to Everdell. Beautiful, beautiful game. Which I now have like four extra expansions (laughs) for. (laughs) And a winner of a Kanga Award. Indeed. You then got Bunny Kingdoms, keeping the animal theme alive. Mm -hmm. No expansion for that. Yep. Then went down to The Godfather, more in your regular territory. Uh Uh-huh. Even more so down to number four with Hail Hydra. Ah, yes, funsies. You then took a left-hand turn to Library Town and went to Ex Libris. Ah, God, I wish there was more expansions for that game. That game is so good, but no one bloody played it. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Mm. Uh, You then went big in Mm. the minis way that only you can do with Rising Sun and finished up in a tiny little box with a hell of a lot of game that was Werewords. I absolutely stand by that being number one. I've still played it a very large amount this year. That is a good indication. Now, Garth, would you like me to whip through your previous top ten Please for do. 2018? A fantastic choice at number ten, Chronicles of Crime. I need to borrow that from you because my son asked me yesterday to play it again. There you go. Uh, Clans of Caledonia at number nine. Okay. Uh, the Estates at number eight. Now, we had a recent little incident with that game. Yep. Solid, Maybe solid pick, pick, Garth. Well done there. I think it's still a great pick. <laughs> I just need to choose better company to play it with. Okay. Uh, then we've got Wildlands at the next number. seven. There you go. Um, Thunderstone Quest at six. Stuffed Fables features again at five. Yep, Teotihuacan, mm-hmm. number four. Rising Sun. Yeah. Just like Leon, number yeah. three. Quacks of Quedlingburg at number two and Raja of the Ganges 
which was Leon's butt end. Yeah. You've got it right at the front. Yeah, we top and tailed with that one, didn't we? Yeah, we were very much a human centipede of games last year, (laughs) which we're about to find out, because Marky Boy, your top ten, you started in the wrong order by putting where words as your number ten. Oh, so if we were a human centipede, I was the front. No, let's not go into the (laughs) logistics of it. But yes, you had where words, uh, then you had Azul, that's Mm. the original Azul. Mm. I can't believe that that's only, you know, a year and a half-ish old by this point. Uh, Then you had Stuffed Fables, one of the few games that was on all three lists, I think. Maybe the only game, to be honest. Thunderstone Quest, which is a belter. We need to play more of that. Mm. Hardback, a great word game. Uh, Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle, which you've cracked into the expansion this year, have you not? No. No? (laughs) No, I didn't bother with it. No? Well, you actually talked about that last year, but I thought you might have caved and got into it. Anywho. Chronicles of Crime, which has gone from strength to strength this year. Uh, First Martians, which you're still going on about, which we're still ignoring completely. Uh, yeah, That's probably I'm... the only list that it's ever appeared on. <laughs> yeah. Apart from the, yeah. I guess, the discount bargain list. Yeah. Oh. Hey, that's where you picked it up from, Sunshine. But <laughs> but you enjoyed it, and I'm glad you did. Yep. Charterstone, kicking yep. the legacy into there as well. And your number one, yep. another game that you've, I know, have many expansions for, is Fog of Love. Yep. Stared, oh. at, stared at those three expansions yesterday thinking, must be about time to crack one of those open. Well, it's Just... probably been at least a year, if not, you know, a little bit longer. Yep. So that was our games of last year. Now, something before we crack into the song, we need to remind people that when we do our list, that is the top ten games that we played in 2019. Not necessarily games that came out that year, however... They were new to us. They were new to us, because you've got to remember, we are from Tasmania, which is the bottom, bottom, bottom of this planet that we live on. And getting games for Australia ain't easy, and getting games to Tasmania is even harder. So the list you're about to hear over the next hour or so, they are all games that did come out officially in 2018 or 2019, Mm. but they're all games we played this year. We also played some Perlers that came out maybe five years ago or ten years ago, and we've showed a little bit of self-restraint for once and not put them on the list. So, so Cosmic it, Encounter will not be my number one. No, not, <laughs> not, not this alert. year, although it was a few years ago. <laughs> so we're going to crack into our songs and then we can get on to our number ten. You're with Edge Radio 99.3 FM. Hi, I'm Merrin, and I like beating the Diceman at games. And here we are waving the flag as board game ambassadors all around Australia, everywhere we travel. But tonight we're here in the Edge Radio studios. It's 99.3 FM. You are listening to The Dice Men Cometh, proudly sponsored by lfg-oz.com.au. They've got some events on, I notice. I think they've got a News Eve or a News Day gaming special day. Awesome. I saw it on Facebook, but yeah. What a hell of a way to ring in 2020. Check out their Facebook page, and as you said, Garth, check out their web store. Mm, indeed. Now, before we get to our top tens, where we're going to start, uh, surprisingly, with ten down to seven, mm. uh, I just wanted to give a um, a collective honourable mention to the Australian board game designy scene, because 2018, late 2018 to, to 2019, has been a pretty good year. Yeah. Now, I've not included some games that... I'm sure we must have talked about last year, like the Brigade and Lucidity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But games that have come out in the last 12 to 18 months, War of Supremacy, Fairy Season, Fluttering Souls, The Stars Align, Baby Dragon, Bedtime, Panakizi. All of those have got Australian designers and they have been either successfully kickstarted or gone to retail or been able to be publicly gotten. And that's a pretty amazing thing for, you know, the hobby in Australia, which is still sort of fledgling, I guess. For me personally, it still is waiting for a big box game. 
Yeah, probably the biggest box game that an Australian designer has done would arguably be Hand of Fate Ordeals or, more, in more recently... Smith's Winter Forge. Smith's Winter Forge, The Brigade, something like yeah. that. But we're sort of still in that light area. And it's hard because you, you can't make your full career doing this thing. Mm. So yeah. um, I wanted to just congratulate all of those guys again at the bo- designers. Uh, again, at the bottom of the world with a population of, what, like New York, basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, stretched across our entire continent. Correct. And then I wanted to expand that out to some artists. And obviously... Uh, we've got Marty Abel, who lives just around the corner from us, basically, who um, you know did Crystal Clans a little while ago, has done Joust in 2019. Tanya Walker, who's done Village Pillage, Show and Tile, and the third series of the board game Geek Art. Oh, yeah. She did Terraforming Mars, which uh, I'll show you later, Mark. Looks spectacular. Mm. And then Ian Hotool, who just continues to design who? graphically <laughs> and artistically. I think it, I just wrote everything. Yeah. Because yeah. his it, name is on so much yeah. these days. He must just not be able to sleep with the amount of art he has to do. The amount of milk that boy must drink to keep the strength of the bones in those hands, the amount of work that he does, must be insane. So anyway, congratulations, Australian board game effort, because it is remarkable and we look forward to seeing a lot of you when uh, at least two of us get to CanCon and three of us get to LFG Sydney. Mm. So uh, we're going to start with our number 10, 10, 10. And who wants to go first? Mark does. He looked excited. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, Garth, I I owe this one to you. Ooh. My number 10. You may not have heard of a a company called Mogul Verlag Mm. or a designer called Michael Loth, but you certainly, Garth, and I know you, Leon, have heard of a little card game called Belratti. I forgot about Belratti. (laughs) (laughs) That is my number 10 game. I'm... I don't know if anyone else has it on their list. I have it as an honourable mention okay. on my list. So. I tell you what, it would have been my number 10 if I'd remembered it. There you go. So a little card game where you've got oh, crazy. you've got cat collectors and owl... No, hang on, I'm getting confused. You've got curators and artists. Yeah, you've got artists and curators. The curators order some art. The artists provide some art. They provide some... And then Berati throws in some sort of fakes. And they're basically they're just all... Pictures, line art sort of pictures, and you're trying to guess which ones the artists have added, which ones are the fakes. It doesn't explain really easily in a non-visual medium. No, especially not how fun it is. Yeah, yeah. but it, it is so much fun. I remember you had come back from... Vorticon. Yeah, and you played it there and we had it, and then yeah. when Aos visited and he had it and we played it quite a few times... I have just had so much fun with that game. Yeah, he had like 40-odd games in his quiver, but we played Bell Ratty, I think maybe the first game he pulled out of that <laughs> yeah. quiver, and I nearly wanted to play no other game in that mm. quiver after that. And yeah. the reason it's not on my list, I'd forgotten about it, is because I don't own it because it's really, really difficult to get. I'm pretty sure they're doing a mass production run of it soon, which apparently might be changing some of the components a little bit, which is okay. not, which kind of sucks, but if it gets this actual game into people's hands, I'm fine. Yeah, because this, this was the German version we played, but yeah. there's no writing on the cards, basically. No, no, it's language so independent. that's right. So, mm-hmm. Leon, what about you? Your number 10. Uh, my number 10 uh, is Belratti, if I, <laughs> if I remember it. Uh, it. Not. It is a game that we played just recently, and I've now played a few times, and that is Res Arcana. Ooh. So, this is a game that is a very simple that you get a little deck of cards when you start it, and that is your eight cards for the entire game, and it's the first to ten victory points in this 
very quick engine building game by uh, Mr. Tom Lehman, the man behind Race for the Galaxy. It has been on a lot of other people's top ten lists. A lot of people are even bigger fans than, than uh, us. We're concerned at the moment about possibly some of the balancing of it, but the simple fact that it's been out there and so many people are big fans of it, we're probably just, we probably just had one or two odd experiences ourselves. But in terms of play style, this is a game that now that I've played it, I don't think I will probably ever need the rule book ever again. Mm. I can teach mm. it to somebody in 30 seconds. I can set it up and just put it in front of people and go, here's your deck, this is how a turn works, let's rock and roll. First to 10 victory points, it's a lovely... And for me especially, these guys will happily tell you that every game we've ever played ever... I'm always leading at the start because that's just the way I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm an amazing first 10 minutes of any board game. You, you, it's a thing to behold. And since this game only goes for about half an hour, it's just my wheelhouse. I still haven't won it yet, but, <laughs> now, but still. I don't want to let this moment go by by saying, Leon, you said first to 10 was the winner, but how many points did I have when I won? Uh, we have to double-check the rules. I think you might have played, uh, about 20 or something by the end of it. Yeah, um, yeah that was... Look, some, I really like the game. Yeah, there's yeah. some combinations of that. It's, it is pure engine building and some of the engines you can build in that game are insanity, correct? But um, it is much fun, and if you know, you can just—it's one of those games that I'm happy to go. Right, let's play that again as soon as it's over. Well, that's it. It doesn't matter if the combination that you manage to get is super powerful, because chances are the next time you play it, which will be ten minutes away, mm -hmm. it won't work. Yep. So that's really good. I like the variability of that. I would like to play it again, mm -hmm. um, but I think that's a pretty solid choice. Mm -hmm. So for me, rounding out number ten, I went all spooky and creepy and went into horrified territory. Mm. So I want to sort of sit on that one for a little bit. But needless to say, it's a spooky cooperative game. Okay. So well, number nine, I'm positive this will feature on other lists. Number nine for me by is by a studio called L'Atelier and uh, produced by Libellud. It is Obscurio. Does that feature on other people's lists? Perhaps. Ooh. Okay. Mm. So there we go. Good. So that was your number nine, Mark. Mm -hmm. Okay, nice. my, my number nine is a game that Mark and I first played at PAX while Garth was off sunning himself in Sri Lanka this time. Yeah, I think yeah. it was Sri Lanka this yeah. time. I can't remember. Either way, and that game is Red Dead Redemption, the game or Western Legends. Aha! Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yes, I've not played this. Yes, and no, I think you will much likely enjoy it. And it is a game that since then has had several expansions come out, and these expansions are perfect because what do they do, lads? They add more, which is what any good expansions are supposed to do to a game that's already good. But as I said, it is the perfect Western style of game. It's a sandbox where you can do anything you want. You're trying to get... Again, I think it's like the first to ten victory points, although it's a yep. much larger scale of game. We play this with six. It is very comfortable at kind of all player counts. Probably four or five is the sweet spot. And you're running around. You're doing everything you can think you want to do in the Old West. There's gunfights happening. There's train robberies happening. There's cattle rustling. Not just criminal activities, there's also things like hunting down bounties and stuff like that. There's lots of different things you can go on to, and the variability and replayability of this is through the roof. And I was just, like a lot of people, wanted that big Western game. Same as before, say, Merchants and Marauders came out, everyone was like, I want a big pirate game, give mm -hmm. it to me. This is the big Western game. So mm. if you like that theme, this is a game to check out. Western awesome. Legends by number nine. There we go. Well, my number nine, speaking of pirates, went to pirates, but you're not being pirates. Mm. And went to Maracaibo Town. Yeah. yeah. So this is a game that was hot off the presses in Essen. Mm -hmm. You don't play pirates, but you are going around the Caribbean as a privateer delivering things. It's kind of not, I guess, Great Western Trail, but it's kind of got a lot of mechanics uh, similar to that. Yeah. One of the interesting things about it that I'm curious to play again, because we haven't done that in a couple of plays so far, is adding this legacy mechanic to yes. it, which... 
makes the, the bog-standard story that takes place over a couple of hours into a more thematic, overarching story. Mm -hmm. uh, I've played it a couple of times in the in the base setting, but I also spoke to quite a few play people at LFG's Essen Unplugged, actually, mm -hmm. who had played the story mode and had loved it. Okay. So that's why it makes my list, because it's a really solid, really good game, yep. but I'm looking at the potential of having this story to it. I think it'd be really cracker. Okay. Uh, number eight, I believe. Mm -hmm. Or is it... Number one, as in just one. Oh, there we I go. Still cannot believe that this game, Just One by Repost Productions, is designed by the same team, Ludovic Rudy and Bruno <laughs> Sorter, <laughs> mm. who designed Seventh Continent. Because talk about opposite ends of the spectrum of this hobby. Yep. But I. I'm actually about to pick this up myself. I know you have a copy. I played it for two hours yesterday on Christmas Day yep. mm. with a lot of my family, some, most of which are non-gaming at all. And that's exactly why. Ten I'm... people sat around a table. This game only plays seven. Yeah. We just found some bits of paper because that's all you need. Yeah. And cool. an absolute blast was had while we were digesting through the dinner, waiting for dessert. And in turn, you know, look, I mean, there are still a couple of other party games that I like better for gamers, mm -hmm. but in terms of a party game for non-gamers, I think this is now my just number one pick. I put it in front of them and said, uh, we're playing a game, don't worry, it's not hard, I'm yeah. about to tell you, and within the next three sentences, I had told them the whole game's Yeah, pick. wow, fantastic. And, and they loved so it. So I didn't ask if it was further up on anyone's list. But... Uh, it's a little bit further up on my list, yes. Okay. Yeah, not, no, but it is honourable. an honourable mention. There you go. Yeah, lovely because, work. Um, yeah, I think it's a cracker of a game. Okay, my number eight. And again, remember, keep in mind, these are games that we played in 2019, a lot of which did come out at the end of last year. We just didn't get our hands on them. This is one that we've all got our hands on, and several times, and that is Betrayal Legacy. Ooh, sure have. Is it a bit higher on anybody else's list? No. No? Not for me. No. Really? But only because I've put a self-imposed 2019. Oh, yeah, and that's And it's fair a 2018 enough. release. Well, that is fair enough. It is, it is one of my honourable mentions, yep. for sure. Yes. I've only got like three or four games that I've played more than once that are honourable mentions. Yep. It's one of those. Yeah, okay. So Betrayal Legacy, it is Betrayal at House on the Hill, but the Legacy version, so every game of this is different, and you're following somewhat of a loose story of mainly just this house. This house is the centrepiece. This haunted house is the centrepiece of this story. And every generation, every 30 years or so, something new and crazy and spooky happens at this house. And some of your characters may have survived from previous times. They may be a whole new descendants of previous people. And the house changes because it's legacy, based off the way that you play and things you've done. It's like you might pick up an item that your great-grandfather used to kill a ghost with three generations ago <laughs> or three games ago. And because of that, it is now extra stronger in your hands. And Betrayal at House on Hill is one of those games that we've said it for years, that it's a game that the rules are absolute shash, but the game is so fun and enjoyable, yep. and you never know like who's going to be the betrayer, who's going to be not. So in terms of legacy games, it's by a mile my favourite legacy game we've played. It is one that we will actually finish. Yes. This is one of the few that we will actually do that, and um, yeah, I think it's worthwhile that everyone has a look at. I'm definitely kind of burnt out on the whole idea of legacy, even though Clank Legacy is going off its head at the moment, but Betrayal is one I recommend to anybody. I completely agree. I have had so much fun with the what four or five sessions five. that we've been we've been able to play so far. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that it goes quick. Mm -hmm. I love the completely random unpredictability of it. It doesn't try to be too clever. It's also really well priced. Yes, I think you can go to game stores and get it for a really good price. I remember, I think maybe at 
packs whenever. Yep. It was like 50 bucks or something to, to buy it. It was a crazy price. Mm. Um, so anyway, I would definitely recommend as a legacy game, it's good fun. It okay. certainly is. Yeah. All right, number seven before we go on a break. Now... Oh, hang on. Hang on. Can we have Garth number eight first? Oh, sorry. Is that okay? We did this exact same thing last year at nearly the exact same time. We were talking about Leon's for so long. Anywho. All right. So my number eight is also one of the surprises that I had from uh, LFG's Essen Unplugged, Um, although I did horribly in it. It's Artemis Project. Now, is that on anyone else's list? Uh, I've got it as an honourable mention. Cool. So, look, Artemis Project is a dice placement game that has these tiny little meeples of all different colours and you're trying to go and colonise somewhere in space and basically you get resources to turn them into workers, to get them to go out and go to projects and do things. And we had, what, five or six of us sitting around the table? Yeah, five. five. of us. And no one was particularly excited about this game because we were just looking for a game that fit five and wasn't too long. But it ended up being a really surprisingly enjoyable game. Mm. The components, I think, are great. Everyone loves rolling dice, Mark. I'm sure you can agree with that. I do. So I think it was it was just surprisingly in its depth. And it was surprising, I think, in its replayability. There'll be a lot of that going on. And I'm really hungry to try it again and not come last. There were a couple of little quirky bits with how yes. they worked the dice placement that just changed it up a bit. Indeed. From some of your other dice placement Well, that's games. it. You're so used to having to roll big for stuff to be successful, mm. whereas with this you roll big, they're useful for some things but not for others. You want little, you want sort of a bit of a spread and it's just yeah. you're so beholden to the roll of the dice, your strategy can, can change in, well, in a roll. Yeah, and this was one of the... So I've got sort of two categories of honourable mentions. One of them is games I've only played once and I'm sure would feature higher up my list if I'd played them more, and this was in that. Um, fair enough. Now number seven, mm-hmm. uh, to move on. So this one, technically, this game was produced in 2019. Mm. There was another version produced in 2017, and there's actually two entries in on Board Game Geek for it. Um, I don't know that the 2017 distribution, or the distribution was very wide at all, because I certainly had never heard of it. This is a game we played at LFG's SN Unplugged um, with a funny title of Quantitative Easing or QE. It's designed by Gavin Birnbaum, produced by BoardGameTables.com, and I believe it might be further up the list for someone. And you don't have to worry about qualifying this being on your list, Mark, because as I said to you guys in a chat, I think it was yesterday, of all the YouTube and podcasty kind of top tens I've been listening yeah. and watching to, I think this may be the game that's featured nearly the most out of any wow, game. Wow, okay. People are going nuts for it. I'd never heard of it. I'm looking forward <laughs> to playing it mm. next time I can see it. So my number seven is a game that is definitely 2019, 100%, because we played it not that long ago when it arrived from Kickstarter at my front door, and that is Paladins of the West Kingdom. And that is a game from our friend Shem Phillips. So we will talk about that a little bit later because guess what? It's just that damn good. Okay. And Garth? And for me, one of the biggest games to have come out this year in terms of overblown production quality, but it also backs out with a game as well. Latest Stonemaier release for me is number seven with Tapestry. As one of my, I think it's my number one honourable mention, I think. Yes, it is certainly an honourable mention for me Excellent. as well. So let's talk about it. Tapestry by Jamie Stegmeyer. He's left Kickstarter behind. He doesn't do that sort of trash anymore. He just <laughs> goes straight into making his own money and not giving it away. So, look, Tapestry is designed and looked like a civilization game, but it certainly is not. It is a 
step-by-step progression game where you go through eras and you get beautiful buildings along the way. I think this game is horribly named because I thought it had something to do with tapestry or tapestries, <laughs> which, you know, not the funnest theme. But when we started playing it, I was just like, oh, it's just a civilization game. And then I really, really enjoyed it. I, I think he's done all right with the sales, so he probably doesn't need my opinion on this. Yep. But, uh, yes, it's much one of those games that if anyone's gone, oh, it doesn't sound fun, tapestry, no, have a look at it. Now, that's completely fair enough. Look, it's, again, one of those games that scratches a nice itch for just replayability. There's so many different paths you can take. Well, there's four paths you can take, but the way you take those four paths is very, very different. The buildings just make it look good. Yes, it's a bit fiddly, but I think the, the production quality and just the back, backbones of this game get you through it. So that was my number seven game with Tapestry. And if you want to know more about Tapestry, check out episode 285 of this very Dice Men Cometh podcast because we basically spoke about it for the whole show. There you go. So we'll take a quick break to come back and keep counting them down. Playing with the Dice Men and listening to their podcasts. Woohoo! Aussie boys, the Hilltop Hoods there with Still Standing on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Men Cometh, proudly brought to you by LFGOz.com. Oh, hyphen, sorry. Is it a hyphen? Yep. LFGOz.com.au. I'm not that good with the grammars, these boys are. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, number six, Marky Boy. Number six is a little game. That was so heavy I didn't even carry it to BorderCon, but I played it there for the first time ever, thank goodness, even though I own it. That is Brass Birmingham by Martin Wallace, Gavin Brown and Matt Tolman and produced by Roxley Games, which, Garth, you've played. Mm-hmm. I, I have. Know, I don't know if it's on your list. It is on my honourable mentions list okay. because it's a re-implementation yep. and I was being a little bit strict because my list was crazy yeah. this year and I had to be ruthless Still not 100% of my choices, but go away, Mark. It's your choice. Yeah, well, and as you said, it, it it does re-implement a bit. The original Brass, they came out with two versions, Lancashire, which is sort of like the pure re-implementation, and this one, which they did, in, in hindsight, they did change quite a bit, and that's why I'm comfortable with it. It's been very popular. Uh, it was one of the nominees for the Kanga Awards, uh, and it's probably, look, I, it's been remiss of me not to get it back to the table since BorderCon. It just is tricky to teach. I was lined up to teach it. It only plays four players. It's heavy. But the experience I had at BorderCon, I loved it. Loved it. Well, when you need someone else to play it, I'll more than happily be there at the table. And I'll happily play it for the first time. Okay. Uh, Right, my number six, uh, in a year where if I only did Garth's and did only 2019, this would be much higher on the list, but it's sitting at number six at the moment, and that is something Garth has already mentioned, which is horrified. Yes. Uh, Move Over Pandemic, the number one co-op board game that you were for how long, over 10 years now, <laughs> uh, you can step aside because Horrified has very much taken your place, in my mind anyway. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to introductory games, when we do probably a list at that sometime this year, what are the good ones that have come out in the last year or two? It's absolutely that. It's got your old-timey universal monsters. You can get to pick which ones you go up against, which is kind of the equivalent of what disease do you want to take down, except they're all, they're all universal monsters. You've got your Frankenstein and his bride. You've got your Dracula, that kind of stuff, and you're all working together. Like any good co-op, you can have your your quarterbacking and your alpha gaming, but that's what are you going to do? But it's light-hearted enough that you've played it with what your kids that are what yeah. ten years old or so? Yeah, nine and nine and twelve. Yeah, exactly. Which is about you know that's happily 
you could play it with people that age or above. Um, it's a game I've played three or four times now, and the combinations you can play it and the ease ex expansions that will most likely come out for this. And it's a match-produced game as well. This is a game that you can find in Target and Kmart in the yeah, States. Wow. It's Ravensburger. Yeah, not necessarily here. Uh, to be this good is quite impressive. And if you go into BGG and look at the like the custom bad guys people have made, which you can easily print out for yourself, there's about a dozen of them already. So. Oh, they, they will 100% be expansions for this because yeah. it is a cracker. And, and you're very right. In, in terms of pandemic killing, mm -hmm. selling this game to my kids as opposed to selling going around the world fighting cures to my kids Cubes, yeah. just doesn't compare. Yeah. So my, my reservation about it is that there are only half a dozen monsters in it so far. Yeah. But the great thing about that is your combinations of monsters are very, very different. Mm. The way they act is very different. Mm -hmm. The strategies you have to take as a team to fight them successfully is very, very different. The art style is that sort of 50 schlock horror in a lot of the way, which just looks fantastic. I really like this game. I almost did a kid's list and it would have featured incredibly highly on the kids' list. Exactly. Yep. What about the list you did do? <laughs> the list I did do? Well, number six. Yeah, heard so the much list, about it. Yeah, well, the list we may do, I'm going to just say it mm. and then see if it's on someone else's list, but it is about fighting aliens in space. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, it might be up there. So somewhere. I'm not even... So should I mention it? I have to mention it. Sure. sure. So we are mentioning Nemesis yeah. for the first time tonight. Mm -hmm. Yes, for but the not, first time. Not the last. No, Mark, number five. Number five is a little game by a little known guy from Germany. They call him the Wolf. Wolfgang Vorsch. Mm -hmm. Leon, you haven't played this game yet, but it may even feature on your list. It's that good. Oh, good. Um, Taverns of Tiefenthal. It is a 2019 release from Schmidt Spiel and North Star Games. It sure is, and it does feature on my list just a little bit higher. There you go. Is. Lovely. So my number five. Now, this is where the whole 2018, 2019 thing, I've kind of <laughs> I've blurred the lines a little. Oh, only, okay. only because this game it was, is near impossible to get, and it is still near impossible to get. We talked about it, I think, last week, and that's Three Secrets. Yeah. And there is a new version of it that came out this year, which is probably the one you'll probably be able to get your hands on, which is um, Three Secrets Crime Time, yeah. which is definitely a 2019 release. So if people want to get pedantic, you can just have that. <laughs> so if you want to listen to us go on about it, we talked about it last episode, so yes. what's that, 289? It is a great little filler game that I think I will be enjoying for years to come, and I hope they do more of them, and I hope it gets into wider distribution. Mm. Absolutely. It is really a unique experience, yeah. and I like that. Mm -hmm. So, look, for me, uh, where are we up to? Number five. Oh, yes. um, game you mentioned, Leon, Paladins. Yep. So, Paladins of the West Kingdom by Shem Phillips. It's not on your list, Mark, no. any higher than this. I so haven't played it. You should play it. Yeah. Comparing it to Architects. Yeah, maybe. no, I, I played Architects, but I haven't played Paladins yet. So, look, Paladins just takes that mechanics from Architects and I just think makes it better. Mm -hmm. Your actions, your interaction with players, the speed of the game, obviously the art styling just looks fantastic and consistent. But I think Shem, you know, he's doing it for the hemisphere. Yeah. You know, he is producing these big games, although they come in a relatively small box, yeah. but it's just good not heavy, medium light, medium weight games that you can just sit there and play again and again and again. Mm. And if you play Architects, you can ease yourself into Paladins. Yep. No problem whatsoever. It's a great game. Yeah, and the way that he does his design is something to be absolutely commended because you look at your player board in this game and... There's colours everywhere and there's symbols everywhere, but once you know what all of them mean, 
it makes so much sense. You can look at your playable and go, this makes absolute perfect sense and it's intuitive in the set that you go, okay, that should definitely lead into doing that and that's what it does. Mm. So I can look at it now, even though we haven't played it in the last couple of months, and I guarantee you I could tell you what every action on that board is once that I've played it once before. So just the design of it he should be, yeah, commended for. And uh, he's getting strength to strength, that lad, and hopefully he just keeps going. Yeah, there you go. All right, now number four. Yeah. So my number four now... I know both of you have played this because I played it with you once. However, I then picked up a copy in the second Kickstarter run and I've played it quite a number of times with my partner, Sarah. I've played it with my 18-year-old son and my 21-year-old son at different times. Mm. Neither of them are big gamers. They all really enjoyed it. I'm talking about the little roll and write that could called Welcome To. Oh, there now, you go. it was produced in 2018. But, I'll just um, stop you there, Mark. It's higher up on my list. Is it? No, of course not. <laughs> roll and write. Get the hell out of yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's why I wasn't even looking. Sorry, just thought I'd throw you um, off just for a laugh. The designer is Benoit Turpin. It's produced by Blue Cocker Games. I've got the version because I've got the second print run, which has got the rewritable sheets. What, but, the, one of ten versions is there now, something, the different kinds you can get? There's a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah well, it's got, it's got one of each of the other thing on one side, but then it's got the standard one. We just play the standard one. We really like the standard one. Right, yep. I haven't even played the roundabout sort of expanded rules. We just <laughs> play the basic rule. It's just so fun to sit down and math out that little puzzle in your head. Yep. It only takes about half an hour to play. It's really easy to explain because it's all there right in front of you, which for me, as someone who hates explaining games, it just... It's great. I really like it. Yeah, since this is so puzzly, I probably should buy it for my wife to play, who's mad keen for puzzles. It just means I have to play a roll and write game. Well, how about the next time I come out to your place, I'll bring it out with me and you can have a look. Ah, interesting. That sounds fun to me. Right, down number four. We're yeah. hitting up there very quickly. We sure are. A game that somebody has mentioned already. It is now my number four, and that is Obscurio. Yeah, there Again, we go. Again, we talked about this. Well, you lads talked about this because I was too busy making the chocolate for all the little kitties <laughs> about three or four episodes or so ago. Check the descriptions on your podcast podcast app. Um, it is a game that replaced Mysterium for me, which is a game I thought I'd never get rid of because mm -hmm. I love the art, I love what that game did. I sold it the next day yes. after we played You couldn't be more literal uh, yeah. when you say it replaced Mysterium for you. Yes. Um, it's so, so easy to play. Effortly expandable. If you actually look at the box for like all the different art cards that are in it, there's space for four times as many <laughs> as what comes in the base box. I think they're telling us what's going to happen soon and I hope that they do it. It yep. is really, really enjoyable. And a game that scales well, you can play this with like four people, you can play this with like seven or eight people. So mm. it is very, very cool. Look, it was certainly an honourable mention for me. And the reason for that mm. is because it's it's almost the natural progression of a Dixit through to a Mysterium to this. Yes. And it's that's why I was, I was throwing it around going, is it in the list? And it was a great game. It's really, really fun. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like it's just I'm being I'm being totally brutal in it. <laughs> but just going it's the idea or it's already there and someone's refined it a little so bit. So you more. feel like it's quite iterative that it's just like well, one tiny little step yeah. from the And I know it that is, is the same completely stupid thing to be saying in a game, sorry, in a hobby like this where so many games take an existing game and go 
Five degrees? Yeah. You mean like re-theme it? You mean like architects to paladins almost kind of thing? <laughs> no, they're, they're very, very different. <laughs> Either way, but it's the same designer as Mysterium, so I don't feel bad in selling one of his games to have another one of his games. Uh, right, Garthy Boy, you're number four. Yeah, so one of the games that Mark talked about, um, a bit iffy with the 2017 and 2019 release, uh, Quantitative Easing or QE, mm-hmm. which is a tiny little game that just sits down and punches you in the face repeatedly. It also makes you laugh hilariously because this is a game where all you're doing is buying stock, buying stuff, hopefully, so that you can get victory points for it, but you can bid anything. Yeah, it's a bidding yeah. game where you have no money, you, so you can just make up how much you bid. It's not you have no money. You have all the money yeah, in the world. Right. You could bid zero or you could bid $500 trillion and you might win it. But the problem is whoever bids the most money in the course of the game is immediately knocked out of the game. <laughs> so there's that ebb and flow of, oh, you've just won the last couple of things, so you must have been bidding heavy, which means I can probably bid heavy and I can still be under what your bid was, but you haven't bid anything yet, so you can probably just go bang, bang, bang at the end and be really biggie. But across the game, everyone is just bidding higher and higher and higher, I think, well, yeah, I don't know thing. what's going on. You never know, really, because... You take turns being the auctioneer and only the bids are made in secret. So only the auctioneer for that round sees those bids. And when you're the auctioneer, you're going, oh, Garth bid 2000 Oh, Fred bid 27000 <laughs> It's like it's really like that. And then you'll go, surely that's going to win. And then you'll go, Mary bid $2 billion. You know, like it, it's not quite know. that ridiculous, but it's, it's but it could crazy be. fun. Could so be. this is one of those games that I have to play because you lads have recommended it highly. It's, like I said, been on heaps of other top lists that I've seen and it feels into that category for me, a game like Codenames from years ago, in the sense that I don't understand what you guys are talking about. I've seen videos of how this is played and I still don't get it yeah. because I want to get it to the table yeah. and go, oh, it's actually really simple now, I understand it. When it was explained to us, I was sort of like, no, oh, yeah, I'll give it a crack. Yeah. At the end of it, I was just in stitches. It was like, that is amazing. Yeah, exactly right. And it is, in fact, my highest rated party-style game by okay. a long, long, long way for the, for the year. Shame is it's just so hard to get. Yeah. So, look, that was our six down to fours. Mm. You with the Dice Men Cometh, proudly sponsored by LFG Australia. Here's a song, and then we come back to our top threes. Hello, everybody. Your friendly neighbourhood Leon here. We'll get you back to the action in just a few seconds, but first, a few bits of information for you. If you're a new listener to the show, or even an old listener, and you haven't left us a review on iTunes, we would really, really appreciate it. We've grown in leaps and bounds over the last few years, and a lot of the reason is because of those iTunes reviews. Because if you throw up five stars on there, people all around the world, which we have a fair few international listeners now outside of Australia, have found the podcast because of that. Second... Do you know that we have a Patreon? Yes, if you've been listening to the Dice Men for the five years or more of goodness we've been pumping free into your ears, if you want to give a little bit back, we're not asking anybody out there to go giving us $20, $30 a month. That's ridiculous. What I would suggest personally is... Give us a dollar, two, three dollars a month. I do that myself with about a dozen or so podcasts. I don't even know it's gone from my bank account, but I can tell you that they sure know about it. Every cent we get, we do not spend at the pub as much as we might sound like we do. We spend it on going to conventions all around Australia and hopefully very soon internationally as well. And finally, 
Also, if you wanted to get your hand on some Dice Men merchandise, jump over to redbubble.com, put in Dice Men in the search, and you'll be able to buy t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, etc., whatever you want. So, if you'd like to support us, we really appreciate it. We do love you all. You are all our friends and family, and hopefully you will be for many years to come. Now, back to the action. Well, there you go. That was the Foo Fighters with White Limo. You with the Dice Men Cometh on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. With thanks to LFG Australia. Check their website out for all your Boxing Day bargains. Mm. You are now at the pointy end of our top ten lists for 2019 as Mark starts with his number three Number game of the three. Year. Now, before I bring in number three, though, I want to quickly mention mm-hmm. a game mm-hmm. that I've had for... Only a few weeks. Mm. I've been itching to get it to the table, and it is now literally on the table (laughs) where my partner Sarah and I played the tutorial mission last night, and it's set up to start the actual campaign. So that's why it hasn't made my list. I know it's featured strongly across many, many people's lists, and that is Tainted Grail by Awakened Realms. I have been hanging out for this one to arrive. Oh, and before, while we're doing this, because it's not even on my honourable mention list, I'll throw it out now, because I'm pretty sure it's not on either of your two lists. Uh, Batman is nowhere near... Oh, hang on! ...my list is not. <laughs> don't pretend like it's in your top three. My God, the components of that game are great. My God, is Batman, my opinion, the greatest fictional property ever. Someone needs to get the hands on the rule book of that game and make the best bat game yeah. ever because the rule, the game itself is fine. That rule book is atrocious, it is. and I reckon the game could be so much better with just those maps and those minis. Yeah, it's yeah, it's but close, it's, isn't it? Though it's, it's, it's so close, it's so close. Like I, I very much am denied putting yeah. it onto the other side of the bit of paper, which was first side of the bit of paper was all the games I played. Yep. Second side of the bit of paper. I'm not going back to the first. This, yeah. is, this is games I'm putting into the potential shortlist. Yeah. Okay. Just didn't make it. Either way, Mark, number three. So the reason why I mention Awakened Realms ah. and Tainted Grail, which I'm sure is going to be on my next year's list, is yeah. their big game from 2018. Yeah. But because I went the single shipping, I didn't get to 2019. Silly man. And I didn't order the sun drop, Leon. Ah. Um, is, of course, Nemesis. Is it... It's higher on your list. It certainly is. Okay, well, let's come back to so that that's again. Two surely. mentions, two yeah. mentions of the uh, yep, not so quite that, alien game. So that is the one game that's on all three lists. Mm, yeah, so far. Yeah. Oh, I just gave it away. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so my game. This next one's kind of a bit of a p- boring pick in the sense that it was on, I think, both of your lists last year, but I hadn't played it yet. <clears throat> uh, and that is a game that came out yes last year and it had an expansion come out this year, and that is Quacks of Quedling. Yeah, 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 an absolute belter. I mean, it's my number three game of the year that mm-hmm. I played, and I've got the expansion as well. When it comes to introductory games it's in that in the top five in our entire hobby as far as i'm concerned yep. um hopefully it stays there for a while yeah. we get some more expansions uh wolfgang again yeah a man who two years ago we'd not heard his name and now look at what he's done he's many pats on the back for that fella just the idea of the the pulling out of the bag and the oh i did good or oh i didn't but you don't really care too much because you're just enjoying yourself yeah. it's yeah. it ticks so many boxes well, speaking of wolfgang i also had him in an honorable mention with subtext yes which was yes, a new me too word game that Garth and I played at LGS and Unplugged. Yep. And, you know, talk about a man who can do everything. He's done dice games, he's done card games, and now he's doing a word game. And it just had a little, I'm sure we'll talk about it again some other time, it just had a little twist 
that was different to other word games that made it really fun. How yeah. much do you think Jamie Stegmaier and Eric Lang just hate Wolfgang? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I'm, I'm sure, sure they, they don't. I'm sure there's no hate in board games. No, design. not at all. Garth, you're number three. So my number three is a game that, Leon, I know you haven't played yet. Oh. Uh, Mark, I know you have because you sat down and you played it with me and we are talking about a game that is the first and only game so far that I own that's completely in German. And we're talking about Cities Skylines. Ah, uh, yes. The Sim City building board game, which I bought at the auction at LFG's Essen Unplugged for $25, thank you very much. <laughs> yes, I will take that all day, every day. This is a game that uses the polyonomo... Polyominoes, Polyomino yeah. city building map style technique to construct your particular city. You've got... Each player is fully cooperatively working with each other player, but the mechanics of the game and the mechanics of the cards that you have, they're working against you a lot of the time, and you've got to work together to figure out the best way to make your city the most desirable to live in. I think for a city builder game, the more I will play it, the more it'll compete with Suburbia as being my favourite city builder of all time. I look forward to getting this to the table with kids and adults alike. It was on my honourable mention list of the... Played if I'd once. played it more than once, I'm sure it would have featured. But with that, just one quick play, it was great. I can't believe I never actually played the computer game because it's so in my wheelhouse. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it, even though it was in German. Well, there you go. Mark, number two. So my number two, I'm not sure if it's going to be higher up maybe on your list, Garth. I think Ooh. it might be. It's a little submarine-based game. Yes, uh, called U-Boot. That's right. And we'll talk about it later on. I think we shall. Okay. Wow. So Leon. My number two. My number two and my number one. There was a quite a bit of a war going on in my head as to these two. Everything else was kind of in its spot, but number one and number two I jumped back and forth between quite a lot. Uh, it is a game that has already been mentioned. It is a game that did come out at the tail end of last year, and I just mentioned it before because I played it yesterday, <laughs> which is just one. When it comes to party mm -hmm. games, for years we had your um, your monikers or your Time's Up yep. and your Telestration. They were the absolute kings as party games. In the last two years, I think you can happily throw in where and just one into that same pantheon with yep. those boys in that you can play this game with any group of people at any time, nearly any number, the bigger groups the better, and it's just so fun. Again, you can explain it in a few seconds. There's no point me explaining to you now how the game is. Hopefully by now you've played it. If not, get your hands on yep. a copy. It's 20, 30 quid, and it's just mind-boggling. Just one is a belter. I agree. It should be almost in every board game as collection. Agreed. It's I'd absolutely simple. say it should be. Yep. Yeah. No, fantastic choice. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, my, uh, my number two, um, speaking of the wolf man, is Taverns of Tiefenthal. There we go. Ah. So... I know you haven't played it, Leon, so I know it can't be higher up on your list. I You've should, already said it, Mark. Probably, yeah. It's probably not as good as Heaven and Ale anyway. Oh. <laughs> oh. I think Mark died a little bit just then. Oh. Yeah. So, look, the, the, you are combining everything that was really good about Quacks and instead of doing a bag building, you're doing a deck flippity over thing, Emmy Bobby, while building the deck. The little wrinkle being that every card you buy goes on the top of your deck, so you have this agency and this control over the deck. you just got to remember to use that agent, agency wisely and, mm -hmm. oh, gosh, it can go bad quickly. The, the return on fun investment that you get from this game is remarkable. It is, for me, 
you can certainly have quacks and taverns in the in the one collection, mm-hmm. but I think the modular expansions that are built into the game with taverns would mean that if I'm at the game uh, the uh, the game store and trying to choose one, it would definitely be taverns for wow. me. So I, I think quacks is a little bit lighter. It sure though, is, and I think as I said, I think they can definitely both exist. Yes, but I would say if you've played quacks and or if your friends have played quacks and thinking where to go now. This would be the natural next step. It is so 100%. much fun and so clever. Those little bits of the board that you flip over to upgrade. Yeah, it's, it's look, it's a cracker. Yeah, now, before it. we get cracking onto our number ones, Mark, has your number one been mentioned yet? Nope. No, I didn't think so. So in mm. that case, do we want to flip the order a little bit? Yeah. Just because it makes a bit of a surprise at the sure. end. Because I don't actually know, mainly because my memory is horrible. So <laughs> my number one is Nemesis. What? Yes, I know. What? Crazy talk. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Only because you got the sun drop copy. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, maybe, which I paid the pretty penny for. Yeah. So we've now played this, I think I've played it four or five times. We've yeah. now played it with the Carnomorphs, with my with my, my best mate's Adam. We played his copy of that at the pub the other week. This game, when it comes to sci-fi horror, the reason why this is over Just One in my list is because Just One is a great party game. There are other party games that could come along and not necessarily replace it, but I could say that's a party game I'd like better than, say, Just One. I mean, probably Werewood. Anyway, (laughs) but Nemesis... I love sci-fi horror, like games like Dead Space, and I grew up watching horror films with my brother, things like Alien. I do not know how someone can make a better sci-fi horror board game in that it does everything that I want a sci-fi horror board game to do and all this would take... I mean, it's got enough expansions as it is, but if they put another expansion or two in it that adds a few, just a bit of extra variety, this, that or the other, I I cannot imagine me giving rid of this game. I borrowed Trent's copy of the Alien Quadrilogy (laughs) and watched the first one or two before playing this with you Yep, and... They just go together so beautifully, yeah. as I uh, said. I mean, it's not it's not straight as the movie, but the sense that it creates, the fear of moving around, where are they? They're in the ventilation ducts. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. And just one final thing I need to quickly mention is that each game of this does take a while between yeah. setup and playing it, about three hours or so. It feels like you've been playing for half an hour. Yeah, You're never crazy. bored. You're always into it. It's always interesting. But you have to sit down at the table knowing... Like most of the crew on any space horror movie, <laughs> yep. you will die. Who's wearing the red shirt? So, Garthy boy, your number My one. My number one is the little German submarine that could Dude. or couldn't yes. with U-Boot. <laughs> now, U-Boot is not a game for everybody. Yeah. It is 100% not that. But if you are after a simulation in a fully cooperative environment where you need your teammates to be on song... Otherwise, you are not getting out of the harbour, let alone getting the chance to sink some of those English scum. This game is remarkable for me. It's the best implementation of analogue and cardboard cardboard with digital in, uh, technology, just having the, um, the ability to use the app at all times to just see your goings-on and surroundings. A 90-centimetre-long cardboard submarine in front of you, it is your world is this submarine and, oh, my God, you will go crazy mad trying to get it work because the game throws some horrible, horrible stuff at you. You will die. You will die a lot. <laughs> I am looking forward to the app being tweaked because there are still tweaks coming out to it. Oh, I love this game. I want to play it right now and I want to sit down and do a legacy campaign of it. 
not going to happen for a while, but I want it. I want it more. It's just underwater nemesis by the sounds of it. And look, even <laughs> if you want to know even more about it again, episode 268 of yep. this podcast. And uh, Nemesis was a few episodes ago. Yeah, and we spent, again, we spent almost the whole podcast talking about because he's an amazing guy. Oh, look, for thematically, uh, the, the game, the genre, it's just up there. Like, for yep. me, you know, This War of Mine and U-Boat, they are vying for, for territory as number one thematic yep. game. Mark, bring this baby home. For me, I'm amazed you forgot it because I reckon I spent hours and hours and hours talking about this game. (laughs) It is a game from 2018. I did play it in 2019, but I played it towards the first half of the year and that's probably why you've forgotten it. It is Detective, a modern crime board game by Portal Games and Ignazi Trezorcheck and a game for immersion. Mm -hmm. For that feeling when, when Sarah and I played this, the five missions... We were detectives, we were solving crimes, we were using the internet and Wikipedia and a computer database, bringing all those things together, asking what would Luther do when we made our decisions. It just totally took us into that detective genre. And as I I said back then, you know, you take something like Sherlock Holmes, you then go forward with the Chronicles of Crime, and for me, detective even ex, um, par, exceeded, surpassed Chronicles of Crime in its implementation. Yep. I think you could learn some things from Chronicles of Crime with the QR technology and things like that, but I think they have smashed this one out of the park and I can't wait to try the expansion. Great choice. It deserves to be at the uh, you know, up on a lot of lists. For me, again, it was, it was 2018. It's a great game, though. Fantastic game. Yeah. So, look, should we should we quickly bring on some honourable mentions We've got with the one last couple left. of minutes yes. we go? So yeah, we'll go around on. the table. So, look... I want to first of all give an honourable mention to a game that would have been almost at the top of my list had it not been a re-implementation from 10 years ago, Container, 10th year anniversary edition. Oh, my God. I also would have had Concordia probably in my top five if the fact that it wasn't like five or six years. (laughs) And also a game that we played... uh, Forge of Vadin by our good friend Alan Cheshire, which is still a prototype of a yes. game. It's so good. I can't wait for everyone to get it. We have a couple on. of others. Uh, Ragusa, we talked about yep. it in just the last show. Yep. Uh, and Newton, which we spoke about, which again, both of those I played only once. Yep. I feel like they could have been up higher. One that just missed out for me was Donning the Purple. That's on my honourable mention there list too. Oh, and, you know, we're very lucky to be able to get the expansion uh, coming yep. to us whenever that gets kickstarted. And the up. other one, Crass Carrier. Awesome. So on my list, yep. Mark, yes. Uh, Wingspan is good. Awkward Guest was good. Uh, both copies of Azul that came out this year are better than the original. They Ooh. were my, my, my final honourable mention. Well, the only couple I had was no one mentioned Root. And Root was oh, yeah. a 2018 game that smashed it for a lot of people. wasn't on our lists. Yeah. I love this game and will happily sit down and play it. But again, it was a 2018. Also, Crusaders, though, will be done. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That is such an amazing yeah. game. And crams in so much in that 45 to an hour. I really, really loved it. Yeah, um, yeah I also want to give a quick shout-out to Team 3 just because it's hilarious yeah. in its fun and lightheartedness. And, look, on behalf of my kids, I really need to also add in the Deckscape series because they have loved it and we've played a couple cool. of those. They want to keep going back to it, even though we're very bad at it. Yeah. Okay, that was our top tens. That is all we've got time for. Next week, Leon yes. and you and I will be back. Oh, I'm yes. on holiday. Gas on holidays, and we might even draw our competition. We certainly shall. But so until thank then. you, everyone, for a lovely year, and thank you very much to LFG. We'll see you all in the new year. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. This has been an edit of The Dice Men Cometh from Edge Radio 99.3 FM, Hobart's independent youth station. Find us on Facebook and edgeradio.org.au.